0: Dan, welcome to the Lewis and Kyle show. I think we're gonna have a really fun time today.
1: Yeah, same man. I'm stoked to be here. That was a <laughs> quick entrance, but I'm ready.
0: Hell yeah! Uh, we just wrapped up a fantastic lunch at Protein House. They're gonna sponsor us one day, and that has nothing to do with my <laughs> first question, but just putting that out there for Protein House. You have a lot of followers, right? And I think Kyle and I were discussing in the car. That's just a lot of responsibility. I think that you know your brand is really sophisticated the branding's done well, your your photos, your videos, the production quality is very high, and people take you very seriously. And even your brand, right? You're not like a big smile picture. It's like a very serious photo. And people take you very seriously, and you influence a lot of young people, how they view business, the decisions they should make around their careers. How do you think about kind of the implications of having hundreds of thousands of people, having millions of people? Like, you know, we were discussing a specific example. You have this Instagram post that's like, you know, if you don't, have a life path, the world will pick one for you. If you don't have a daily routine, the world will pick one for you. I mean, on that day you post that video, 2 million people, 5 million people saw it, whatever that is. And that's 5 million people having that thought that wouldn't have thought that otherwise. And that's like a big cascading effect into the world. How do you think about the responsibility you have with this platform, the influence you have over the minds of of so many people?
1: Yeah, it, it shapes everything. Like it shapes the entirety of my life really because, um, I made a tweet at one point. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it says uh, something along the lines of responsibility, like taking on more responsibility, like actually carrying something gives you purpose. It gives you something to carry. So what when in the past, when I didn't have the large audience, when I was kind of going through the motions in life, just going to school, not to say that school is bad by any means, but just like doing what I was told to do, not really questioning my own path. I the things that I did on a daily basis were just kind of laid out for me. Like I knew what I had to do. There was no questioning it. There was no like new potentials that I was being exposed to by breaking out of that routine. And with with all of my content, it makes me more conscious and aware of the, not only the things that I consume because I know how that impacts like what I'm going to say and the words that I put out and what's top of mind for me. Uh, All in all, the responsibility behind those posts alone make me feel like I have to distribute accurate information to the best of my ability. It makes me actually think, but at the same time, there's a balance there where I can't take it too seriously or else I end up watering down my message too much and it doesn't have any impact. And so in that case, I feel like I have to let go of some responsibility and put the responsibility onto my audience for them to be able to think critically about the post that I put out and be able to discern and understand that I am just a human and that I'm going to say some things that may not register with everyone or that I may be exaggerating a point to get the essence of something across or get the lesson of something across. And the words may not match that literally in a sense.
0: I think that makes sense. The shifting or not shifting the responsibility But realizing that this is a game with a lot of participants, right? Just because you're the person creating, you're the person, I mean, there's a lot to think about from what you've just said, but you're the person creating, you're the person, you know, broadcasting messages. But at the end of the day, reminding people that like media literacy, like you're not doing anyone any favors by handing them right formulas Mm -hmm. and by handing them roadmaps. It's just this, these are principles. These are truths that I believe in. And Something Kyle and I were talking about as well today is like, you know, if we summarize maybe the five major takeaways from doing this podcast and the consistent things, the episodes always bring up the guests, of course, is a commitment to like finding what is true and acting based on what is true. So one of the things we're planning on talking about today is a new book that you're planning to release in the next couple of months. And I think at the point where, again, you've been writing online for a number of years, you've been publishing videos for a number of years. And the point of feeling ready to write and publish a book, basically in my opinion, represents, okay, there's a couple of things that I feel confident enough about that are coherent enough that are actually true to make timeless. And like, they're not, there's no edit button. There's no like whatever. You just publish the book. And like, that is saying, these are things I think are true with confidence. What would you say are like a couple of the fundamental things for the book in terms of like, this is the, of all the things that I'm sure about and all the things that I'm less sure about, like the book represents the things that I feel fairly certain when you believe them, what do you adhere to them and make your life better?
1: Okay, I'll try to boil it down to three. So the first that has been kind of a game changer in just like how I take things on is that like happiness implies struggle or fulfillment implies struggle, right? Like the duality of the two or the polarity of two cannot be separated, right? Because every like happy moment implies that there was a low moment and every high moment implies that there is going to be a low moment. And so if you can zoom out, Hence the book's name is The Art of Focus and I'm trying to take it a bit deeper than just like, oh, deep work type of focus. I'm talking about at any given second, where is your attention? Where, like how is your consciousness being channeled towards something or the lack thereof, right? Like in spiritual lingo or even in Buddhism or uh, in meditation where you're trying to enter a very open state of focus. And so you're not focusing really on anything. You're not grasping at any form. You are still in a state of focus. And so that's what I'm trying to get at. And by zooming out and kind of not only reflecting on your past experience, but um, just being able to discern from other people's actions and just think about life in general, that if you cling on to a happy moment and expect life not to be difficult, then it's going to be even more difficult, right? And so that's the principle of um, expectation versus reality, so if your expectations don't match reality, the, think, the way that you think a situation should be, if that does not match what the situation actually is, that's what creates tension or argument or just negative emotions all around. So the, the goal of that is to zoom out, see reality for what it is, and match your expectations to that, and that will kind of release the tension and allow you to make progress towards whatever goal you are trying to achieve. And so that leads into the principle of just goal setting in general, or having clarity for your life, or uh, trying to maintain order in the mind, right? So a big principle of the book is something that was, I don't know if I'd say popularized. So Mihai Mihaly Mihai,
0: mm-hmm.
1: difficult name to spell and pronounce, but uh, he wrote the bu- book Flow, and the book Creativity, and the book The Evolving Self. Those are all incredible. And he has... He introduced me to the point of psychic entropy. And so entropy is that all systems tend toward disorder or pretty much nothing lasts forever. Like everything tends toward disorder and chaos in a sense, unless maintained through effort and energy. And so the same is true for the mind. So if we don't have um, information that we can create and perceive in a way that structures our mind, then, and being able to maintain that, then our mind will tend towards chaos and you see this all the time in just like the general population and how seemingly unhappy people seem at least on social media you don't really know but that's my main thing is like setting a vision for your future deconstructing that into goals and setting priority tasks that's like the very basic thing you can do to start to bring order to your life but many people stop there and don't realize that this is something that has to be maintained just with a little bit of conscious thought, right? You don't have to write it down and go crazy over it. It just has to be, okay, zoom out. Again, the theme of zooming out and seeing the big picture of where you want your life to go, being intentional with it, reflecting on your past as well so you can use the lessons that you've learned to kind of paint the picture of the future that you want to create, and then slowly refining that with time and experience and pushing towards that vision to just kind of create the puzzle, if you will, of your future. And so that's one thing of like how to, again, increase happiness in your life. I don't really care to use the term happiness. I like the term like enjoyment better. Um, but that's second thing. And then the third thing is that you can really do whatever you want nowadays. And what I mean by that, I like to frame it in the business sense, but I don't, like a lot of people, I know when they hear the word business, they have a bunch of different ideas automatically come to mind about what that means. And the picture that I want to paint is that everyone in a sense is an entrepreneur. Because if you look back at the past, let's let's use this to create the definite of entrepreneur for like the rest of this podcast is that if you look in the past when people were in tribes and communities, and I don't know exactly what points in history, but there are many points in history where people would just exchange the value that they had with other people. They would have a specific skill set that they would learn. Uh, They would have a specific purpose to serve in their community, and they would contribute to their tribe or, in our case in the modern world, to humanity because things are much more global and less restricted because of the Internet. So what I'm saying is that you have some form of value that you have been cultivating throughout your life, whether you're going to school, you have a specific job and you're learning a specific skill or trade or what you went to college for or what you're self-educating for since you can really learn almost anything online nowadays. And so by doing that and then attempting to distribute it online, I like to think of social media in general as like a public school, public job board, public note-taking system, really anything, just a way of getting yourself out there in public and by distributing and teaching and educating other people, you are creating a foundation for yourself to have opportunities come to you. And as you are starting to build some form of a following or just get your name out there, you don't really have to like actually build a following, just be distributing some form of value that other people can see and spread to other people. That's how you start to kind of break into the game and then as the internet develops and as things become more decentralized and as history repeats itself and we will see some form of a shift into like more individualism, which we're seeing, which has its downsides like loneliness across like many aspects of the world. But there are benefits to it in that you as an individual can do quite a lot with just your mind and the internet. I have other things that aren't exactly cohesive in my mind. So I'll leave it there. Cause that was a good run. Yeah.
2: It's a lot to respond to. I think there's, <laughs> there's one thing that I want to double click on, which really resonated with me in the book. And you just talked about it is like, and I want to reframe it as like optimistic entropy. And I've never hmm. heard of, I don't think I've ever heard the full definition of entropy, which includes the last part, which is unless you contribute energy to the system. And like, uh, I started looking, uh, around yesterday at like the, the, I'm staying with Lewis and just looking at his room. Lewis does a very good job of, of committing energy to keep things maintained and not letting entropy take over. But I was like, my bag that I brought here to stay here is I'm not putting any energy into keeping that maintained and thus it is falling apart. And thus it, it, and it just like made me think about everything that, um, all the systems in my life that if I'm not actively putting energy into that, they're falling apart or or not being built. And then another part of, of what you're talking about, what you said in the book is like the content and duration and, and quality of your focus will determine the quality of your life and what you create. Mm. And I think, um, both those things were big unlocks for me. Uh, and so I'd like to hear you kind of talk on, on those two points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Entropy is one where I was only introduced to it like the like a few years ago. Um, and now you see it everywhere. I feel like that's a theme. Like once you learn something, you just start to see it everywhere. Or once you like notice, once you become aware of something like a car
2: and then you start. Once to you start buy a, bron- it. a Bronco, you start seeing it <laughs> you everywhere. You start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Uh,
1: but in terms of Entropy, it's the same thing where even you, like it just becoming like top of mind for you Mm -hmm. from reading that aspect of the book, then you start to notice it. And it's like in marketing where you're trying to make people aware of problems in their life. But in this sense, we're becoming aware of problems in our own life that we can then fix and it increases the quality of our life. And by doing that leads into the second point of um, like just having a problem to focus on and something to work on and something to narrow your attention on so you don't get lost when you do zoom out, um, it, it becomes more enjoyable, even though you're solving a problem and that implies that you are suffering to some extent. But uh, just to bring more clarity to what entropy is, it's really just the fact that everything everything, falls apart with time. And and they, every, it all happens on different time scales for everything. Like eventually the earth is going to, do whatever it does. The sun is going to do whatever it does. And I like to use two examples because the the first example is the road system, right? Where.
0: Shout out to our boy Eisenhower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Shout
1: out. But uh, <laughs> no, the road system is like people there. There's two things coming into play here. Not only is there a physical system of like the roads being built and those having the materials to allow them to um, stay for a long enough period of time until energy has to put in and the roads have to be repaired. But there's like the mental plane of existence that comes into play where humans have their own systems that they build on top of those systems where, for example, everyone is on the same page that, okay, this is how you use the road system. And sometimes people have to be reminded of that or they forget and old people don't know how to drive. But at the same time, we each have – we have our own individual systems that we create. Like when you move to a new place and you're thrown off of routine and you're seemingly like just put into this chaotic state of being where you don't know what's going on. You may be very stressed when you move somewhere new and don't have any routines to rely on. But then when you – like start to get used to it and you find like, okay, I'm going to the coffee shop here on certain days of the week. Okay, this is where I'm getting groceries. Okay, this is where my friend's house is. And then you kind of condition that system into your mind so that you're not expending as much like mental energy towards that thing and you feel better for doing so and it kind of becomes automatic where you drive, right? But now we can take that and apply it to almost everything where when you start something new, really anything new, whether it be a business or just learning a skill or whatever, you don't have like a specific system that you're operating on in your mind, it's going to feel very chaotic, you're going to be learning a bunch of new things for the course of like a month. And it's gonna suck, like it's gonna actually, I mean, everyone's gone through this, but we don't we aren't made conscious of it when we're starting something new. And we're promised, like, a, a something desirable to chase after. And that's why we start, but don't finish. And so As you like, when you hold the principle of entropy in your mind and how you have to kind of create a system so that your mind can focus on that, then it just becomes easier as you invest more mental energy in the goal that you're trying to achieve because the systems kind of build themselves over time and you just become more efficient at doing those. So, like, we can relate to this a lot in business where my sister was here a few days ago. And she sat down behind me at my desk, and she was like, so I, I just want to see, like, what you do for work. And I was just like, oh, goodness, like, how, how am I going to explain this? And I just started opening, like, Notion, which is just a giant mess, and, like, all my notes and the software that I use. And she had no idea what's going on. But to me, it's just second nature. Like, I can do really anything within two hours just because I've done it enough and slowly introduce chaos into my life to get to the point of – Like, all of this is seamless, right? And so people don't make it to the point where they can stack systems on top of each other because they haven't even built the first one yet for whatever it is that they're doing. And in many cases, that's going to be, like, in terms of learning a skill and how to actually apply that skill and build something in the real world so they can actually create the system. So we can, like, dive forever. Like, this just goes on and on and on because that's another problem is that people learn and they understand how to learn, and they do it, but they don't build something that begins to create the system for whatever it is that they're learning, and then it doesn't become second nature, and then they can't add something on top of that, and so they never reach the point where it actually becomes useful to other people, and they're able to do something with it and contribute.
0: Yeah, One of my favorite things about consuming your content is how well articulated a lot of these points are in terms of you know, encapsulated phrases that capture the bigger point. And one of them, you know, I don't have my notes in front of me because I want to really be present and focused for the conversation. So I don't have the quote top of mind is learn and build in parallel. Yeah. Right. I think that's a lot of the, that's one, I don't want to say solution, right. But it's an approximate solution. It's something that when you do this, you're more likely to see successful outcomes than when you don't. And I think that is one way you've encapsulated a lot of that point, which is, you know, just acquiring knowledge. Like you said, people learn how to learn, but maybe they really don't, right. They learn how to like put information in their head and learn how to like literally like sound out letters and put meaning behind sentences and understand those for a minute, then let them pass through their minds. But when you learn in the right sequence, right, when you're doing a podcast and doing these things. So for example, Kyle and I, when we started this podcast didn't really have for the first probably year or two of the podcast, didn't really have anything. We were, we were doing the podcast and we were doing school, right? So we could like apply the ideas of the podcast to growing the podcast, but that wasn't really like a revenue generating thing. So all these ideas about like making money, And hiring people and methodologies and philosophies kind of just were abstract. And we got really, I don't want to say like demotivated, but like the podcast started to like seem pointless after a while. Because for us at the start, a lot of this was just like, we want to connect with cool people and a podcast is a way to do that. And then it solved that goal for us relatively quickly because it was like a thing. And, you know, it was like this system that led to everyone understanding why it made sense that you were reaching out in a way that made them say yes. Mm -hmm. And then once we got there, it was just conversation after conversation of just theoretical. And then we were very close to quitting. And then I think what – and then also being an employee at a job, right, you don't have necessarily the agency to, like, apply the ideas that you hear on a podcast to your day-to-day life just because you're not the owner, you're not the principal, and, like, you don't have the approval processes. But I think what has really invigorated my interest for the podcast more than ever is, like, actually now everything you say, I immediately have something to apply it to. I immediately have something to contextualize it to. Yes. And now it's like, oh, this actually – this exercise of just, like, hearing your stories and, like, understanding it isn't just, like – I think there's a better word for it than this, but like entrepreneur porn or like startup porn or mindset porn or philosophy porn. It's like, cause there was a point where it was and that was like really frustrating. And I think people really struggle to escape that over a long period of time. So I really like that. One of your core messages is like, doesn't really matter what. And it's just like continuously be doing something that you're applying the things that you are learning to.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, it's huge. I I like to think of it that, that's like a very practical example where ha- just having something to build in general allows you to have context behind the things that you consume. Like it gives you a lens to learn from, um, especially if you are in a place of struggle while building out that project. Yeah. So one big thing that I like to, or one big thing that happened to me is like when I was learning Photoshop, which is a fairly complicated software, especially when you first start, you're like, I have no idea what's going on. And you start to, like, rather than learning about all the tutorials, like, maybe learn the principles, learn the fundamentals of Photoshop. a couple the, principles, right? Not even yeah, all the principles. Just right. Like, like, learn the tools, get a basic rundown, like, a 10-minute video on, like, everything that's in Photoshop. And then you start trying to create something. And you're not going to make it far, especially at the start. And you... Let's say you add an image, but then you do, you're like, okay, I have an image in here. I don't know what to do next. I want to make it bigger, so I need to learn how to resize it. And then you go and Google, how do I resize an image in Photoshop? Very like basic level problem, but you figure it out really quick. And because you're you were in that like state where you were struggling in your mind, the, the lesson your mind is primed to actually learn the lesson at that point in time, right? Like if you're just watching the tutorials and you're not struggling to actually implement something then the lesson isn't going to hit as hard and you're going to have to do it anyways right so by learning too much at the start you're just wasting time because you're going to have to go back and learn it anyways the next thing is like after that you start solving better problems because that lesson was already locked in and now you have to learn something more complex and so you're going to struggle more, and then you're going to go and research that, and maybe you're going to struggle to find out the answer, but then you're going to watch a tutorial on someone making their own image, and then you're going to be like, oh, okay, this isn't the exact answer, but I can jimmy rig something together to actually solve the problem in the Photoshop composite that I'm trying to create. And so you slowly get better and better until you are somewhat of an expert by your own creation because you may not know like the optimal way of doing something, but you know the again, principles and tools that are in Photoshop that allow you to get your desired end result. And so we take that and we apply it to just life in general, and it's the same thing, where you're working towards a goal and or or vision, as we mentioned earlier, to help like bring order and structure to our mind, and that alone gives you a lens to perceive the problems that you encounter life from. And so, or just even become aware of them in general, right? Because a lot of people, they don't have that forward thinking, they haven't zoomed out to, like, actually at least start thinking about what they want. You don't have to have the answer. But just by thinking about it and making it conscious, if you realize that, okay, at least right now, I want, like, some materialist stuff, I want a nice car, I want to live in a nice house, I want a lot of money, it's like, okay, great starting point. Now, when you are going about life, and let's, let's throw, this is an easier an example, so let's throw, like, you want a fit body as well. Mm-hmm. When you're going about life and you're exposed to a situation where, let's say, you're going out to eat with friends, at least it's going to come to your mind that, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat this, maybe I should eat this instead because I want a fit body. And you may succumb to temptation or however you want to, like, frame it. You may not make the right decision then, but then that's also feedback in your mind. And so slowly you stack all of this feedback, and, like, worldview, like, a sub-worldview that you can view these situations from better and better again next time because eventually the problem will become, like, too tough to handle where you're making these bad decisions, you're going about life, you're not as young anymore, you might be, like, your metabolism is lower or whatever, and you're not liking the direction you're moving towards. You aren't moving towards your goals, and then the pressure is on to actually solve that problem for good and eventually... Hopefully you will, (laughs) like if you just allow yourself to
2: self-correct. I think it's super powerful. I mean, I've been the guy that's like bought courses and then like, okay, I know how to solve this problem in Photoshop, but I have no reason and there's no, there's no reason for me to know how to solve it. And so it just goes nowhere. And it's like something you said on a recent podcast, which is like, what do you think is better making 50 cold calls and then reading one book on sales? And applying those, or reading five books on sales and then making 10 cold calls. It's like it's clearly becoming a, a uh, repeated thing on this podcast, and I, I need to you know, take action on that. and I feel like I am, but it's, uh, it's powerful.
0: Yeah, I think one framework you laid out at the very beginning from the book that applies to all of this is the expectations and reality thing. Yep. So if people at the outset of an educational journey, or as you like to call it, uh, at the outset of an unconventional path, Mm -hmm. have the expectations that everything is very linear and very predictable. And, like, you're basically saying it is best-case scenario when learning Photoshop that, like, you kind of just randomly watch some videos and things just in a super unpredictable cadence end up revealing themselves as useful to you. That's not something you can chart. That's not something you can predict, something you can plan for. It's like, no, actually set your expectations such that, like, you'll do this 10-minute tutorial, won't understand why you're doing it. You'll hack around on this video. And try to make this picture, then you'll get frustrated, and then you'll eventually stumble. Like that's your expectation. And I think with Kyle, something I hear a lot with a lot of people, and you know, even myself working with my business partner uh, Sean on a lot of things. You now we used to tell each other something once and be like upset that like the next day they weren't implementing that thing. Right? right? Our expectation now, and this is going to come back to the point that you're making, is that okay? I'm going to make this point to you seven times over the next two weeks, and then one day the next morning over breakfast, you're going to be like, I-, "I actually agree with you." Like now the expectation is like, it's going to happen seven times. So I think something with Kyle as well, he's saying like Lewis said this the other day, and then I heard this on this podcast. And this is something I've said to you as well. Like, no, you just have to be like part of the journey of acquiring new ideas and like changing your principles and like changing your fundamental programming. Your expectation for that is that's like a, not a, I watched Dan Co video once.
2: And now like <laughs>
0: I understand how to succeed in the digital renaissance, yeah. right? Like I've become Dan Co. I understand the fundamentals that he's like, they're drilled into your head because of like all the experiences and failures and successes you've had. And setting your expectations that the process of acquiring new ideas is not a one-time thing; it's a consistent thing, etc. So I don't know if you have comments on that. I have a question, but let's let's hear it.
1: Yeah, small comment is that how do I put this? Like, what one thing that I really like to step back and think about is like how people zoom out. Would you say zoom out? Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'd
1: <say> zoom out. <laughs> uh, but you. Like think about how your favorite authors or your favorite YouTubers or whoever like public figure, public intellectual that you like to subscribe to and consume from, like how did they come to the answers that they have for things? It's usually through experience. Like they can, sometimes they reference other people and reference other people's ideas. But even then, like most people usually come to the same conclusions just by persisting through whatever they're struggling with, right? Right that was my comment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, very transparently and very like a candid thing for me to say, you know, obviously when I encountered your work, I wasn't super early to your work, right? You already had a pretty established presence, lots of followers, a lot of these kind of metrics that make someone like yourself appear larger than life. And so I definitely had a lot of like, you know, beliefs of like you as a, as a personality and as a, as like a institution rather than like as a person and down to the human level. And I think Right, spending some time with you in person was really effective for like reminding myself that like anyone from social media and anyone with a brand or an author or a big business or a big exit or any of these things is just a person. But I think what actually did it for me of just being like Dan's just a guy, just like us, right? Is the video of like my seven-year journey, the seven failed businesses I created, and I was like, oh yeah, that's my like I'm on that (laughs) path. I'm just on step four, and he's on step eight, right? Like I watched that video, and you're like, I did. I was this guy in this situation, and when you really appreciate the parallels of your story that are, like, actually relatable, that's, like, what winds someone back from, like, this, like, you know, social media personality with, like, all of these things that, like, all of a sudden make us view a person irrationally and, like, in some category, separate from the category that we place ourselves in. Like, hearing that story is, like, what unwinds it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I used to... I, the the thing with, like, I've... Now that
1: I'm, I've reached this point, I'm still, like, struggling with talking, like, highly about myself. And, <laughs> sure, and yeah. it's weird... It's still like so weird and surreal to me, like how, like I'm perceived by other people sure. and how I perceive myself at times, just weird. But yeah. uh, from meeting other people in the space, like huge creators, that before I'd just be scared shitless. Like I mm-hmm. wouldn't, like I wouldn't be able to talk when I was meeting them. Now it's like I meet them and it's like, oh yeah, you're you're just a normal dude. You're a bro. Exactly. Nice to meet you. Exactly. And then, like you're, you become a lot more confident in like my shoes you can say because you get exposed to these people and you make that realization that they are just normal dudes that you can shit talk with and have a good time with but at the same time like that makes me that always brings a question to like my mind and other people's mind is like is the authenticity authenticity is a weird thing but like is that authenticity displayed in other videos or am I putting on a character? And Mm. so like sitting back and thinking about it, it's like, yes, I am putting across a character at times because I'm trying to get the point across. I'm trying to actually hold people's attention. I'm trying to deliver a new way of thinking about things. And that's going to form certain perceptions around me. Some people aren't going to like it. Some people are, but I don't know. At the end of the day, like, I do think it's important to include those low points because that's what people like dm me about all the time where it's like yeah exactly what you said where oh you failed at this business that's exactly what i did and then we can have a good conversation about it and it creates that connection that allows them to like push through that portion of their life when maybe they wouldn't have
0: before yeah I have a, a funny dating analogy from this. That's, that's a little recent to be airing on the pod, but why not, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the other day, you know, I was hanging out with this girl for several weeks. It was going really well. And then it kind of like ultimately she just wanted to be friends. And I was really curious like why that happened. And she's basically saying all these things. It's like really enjoyed hanging out with you. Like I could see us being compatible, like you're tra- all this stuff. And I was like, where's the disconnect here? <laughs> and then my buddy, he's like, bro, the problem is you just never trauma dumped with her. Like you just like didn't reveal like any... Oh. vulnerability, any weakness. Like I just like put on this, this char- not like a character, but like I just like really try to present as like an organized person, a responsible person, a fun person with their life together. Mm. He's like, you you showed like zero. Like, like Kyle said, like my room was always perfect. Like now she was like coming over one day. So like I, just nothing, no like weakness or mistakes, like everything flawless. Every like date was planned. Like everything went very well or went well, right? right. And he's basically like, some things need to not go well. Like, like, you had to, like, talk about the things that aren't going well or the point in time when things weren't going well for there to be, like, a human connection here, which was ultimately, like, the our thesis we've come to as to why this didn't work out with this particular woman was that there was no emotional connection. There was no, like, human connection. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, you're just this guy who's, like, this, like, robot, basically. It's, like, this, like, this character. And I think for brand building, there's, like, a, de- a degree of, like, usefulness for that. But also about the dms like people reach out to you for a dm maybe if they want something transactionally but the types of dms you're talking about of like you changed my life i'm, I'm comfortable they're comfortable revealing something about themselves back to you is only because you offer that in the first place as well
2: 100 i mean it's like the attractive character thing you know there's like but there's multiple layers to it like you can be an attractive character and in, in certain parts of your content and share who you really are in your book for example or in your long form content it's not like a you know, zero or one type of thing mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's why i like to think of like i'm very big on personal branding we can dive into that at one point but just in general like having man what was this like it skipped my train of thought but like having the the personal branding is oh yeah So like personal growth or business growth or just professional growth is personal growth. Like in order to, like by developing that character that I'm putting across online, I am developing my own character in order to actually do that. Or um, a, a certain level of business growth demands a certain level of personal growth from me. Yes. In order to actually like bring the character that would be able to operate that kind of business. And so like this is why I'm big on the personal branding or just like some form of beginner level business for you to start is because for most people, they don't have that vessel or project to actually focus their attention on and start building something which exposes problems in their character so that they are either forced to fix it so they can reach the next level in business and reap the rewards that come with that or they, they don't solve it and then they quit the business and they continue and yeah, the problem nags at them until they decide to finally solve it. Because once you reveal something, it's kind of just sits there. Yeah. Like not only in terms of a problem, but in terms of a potential. So like you're exposed to this new opportunity and you know, okay, I can actually do this. Then it's just going to sit there in your mind until you decide to do it. And it's going to cause unnecessary suffering until you decide to act.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to invent a new framework here, everybody new framework invention. (laughs) I don't know if it's (laughs) not. Someone said it before, but it's basically the idea of these things that are super useful kind of serve as mirrors right? So the gym is a mirror for your strength. Like there's no, you have to reach a certain level for you to get stronger in the gym. You have to change what you're doing or do something longer. And then you progress through that obstacle through business, right? It's like the ceiling that you reach in the gym is like the most weight that you can lift. And the only way is you you progress or you have to improve in some dimension for the number to go up. Your business, you hit the ceiling based on whatever the limitations are in terms of your level of leadership or whatever your beliefs are, or potentially sometimes strategy, like you don't actually know what it takes to go from a 10-person team to a 50-person team, whatever it is. Dating, right? The same thing. It's like you reach a level of success and then there's like some mirror that's held up to you. And then the, the other mirror, right, is writing, right? Like writing is the mirror that's like, I think I understand this topic. And then it's like, okay, we'll try to write about it. And that's the mirror that's like, I actually do or don't understand these topics. And I think that's why so many people who are growth-oriented love all of these different things, is it's basically like, feedback is hard to come by and objective feedback is hard to come by especially from other people so when there's a way a reliable source of feedback that is objective and truthful and not dependent on another another person being willing to like say something true to you it's like you know the mar- the market doesn't lie to you right the market's not going to pretend to like you to make you feel better the weights aren't going to move for you to make you feel better and the essay whatever you're writing is not going to suddenly make sense to make you feel better like you just can't force that whereas your friends like or your mom's like oh you're the best whatever <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's like the, I, so in the book, I use the term the universe a lot, which pretty much is just like encapsulates everything. It's like general encapsulation of everything you could ever think of ever. And, or just reality is another term, but like reality doesn't care about your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to the gym and you have this expectation in your mind that I can lift X amount of weight, like you're going to learn pretty quick if you can lift it or not. And it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Mm. Like At that point, you're going to learn what it is. But on the point that you mentioned about like the mirrors in many different areas of life, I think that more people need to take a holistic approach to just growth in general. Because the way that I think about it... There, oh, man, there's many ways I could paint this. The, the first way I can paint it is that in order to reach a certain level in business... You have to learn about business. But then in order to reach the next level, you're it's going to demand something else from you. It's gonna either demand that you increase you get to a certain level of health so that you have the energy and whatever to move in business, or it demands that you reach a new level in skill, which can fall under business, but it's like traits in a video like game. EQ. EQ. EQ as well. But like traits in a video game where you have that talent tree and in order to unlock the next like a bit further up, like halfway through the talent tree, you're going to have to level up like multiple domains in order to actually unlock that potential for whatever it is that you're doing. Another way to think about the holistic development is that it's just like if you only pursue one thing and have one worldview for your life to look through, like businessmen, they they see the world through the lens of business everything is through the lens of business and that's like all that they've done. And so they're kind of confined to that reality that they've built themselves into. But by branching out and understanding like everything else that can take their business to new heights, because it's like, like it's the same thing with health or like bringing in health to the equation where like most businessmen don't realize that if they were to take some time off of work and, and, put more effort into the health field of their life where they get better sleep, they have more physical energy to an extent, they have more mental acuity or sharpness, uh, and that contributes even more to their business. And then they're able to make better decisions and possibly hire out and do other things. But, yeah, I'm going to munch on an example and we can come back to it pertaining to... Because holism as a whole is... Like, incredi- it's become more incredibly important to me, and I'm still learning how to articulate that importance.
0: True on it. True like, on it. it. I will. It's, like, a rare circumstance, or I don't know if any of us are going to think of one, where a good outcome comes from, like, complete soul obsession, except for, like, domains like, like an Olympic sport or something like that. But I think it's all pretty well understood that, like, pursuing... Being the you know it's like the Michael Phelps example, like he doesn't seem like the role model for like the happiest person, or like it's like the only situations where like complete and utter focus on one thing without considering the whole picture, like usually don't lead to good holistic outcomes. Right. And you so if your goal is a holistic You usually outcome. wouldn't trade places with that person. Exactly, exactly. Like, there's yeah, I wouldn't okay. trade places with Michael Phelps.
1: Yeah. Well that's the thing is like I, I feel like Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: doesn't he live out here? I don't know. I don't I feel know. Like, yeah, I know. We got a nod, he lives oh, out okay. here. It's yeah. coming after me. As long as I stay on land, <laughs> I'll be okay. Right. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's
2: funny. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, in terms of... Like, I, I think people... So there's, like, a... I don't know if paradox is the word, word, but, like, in order to focus on one thing obsessively, like, there, it's going to demand you to break focus from that thing in mm. order to, like, do the things that will increase the impact of that.
2: They'll actually get you where you want to be.
1: Right. Oh, so... the. In in order to, so a lot of, like, the best example I can think of here is that if you, like, have this vision for the future that you want, or let's say that you have a goal of starting a business, because I, I the way that I like to, the advice that I like to give is to solve, like, start with the most burning problem in your life right now, which it's individual. Think about it. Like, what is it? Or... Do you not feel good in the morning or like do you not have any money? What like go about your week with this question top of mind and like what is the burning problem in your life? What is causing you the most pain? Become very conscious of that and now start to think of how you can solve that. And a lot of the time, it usually you can't solve it immediately. And that's why most people don't do it. And so in that case, a plan is very important. Having a plan is a very like just basic piece of advice, but it's so important. Because people don't realize, okay, in order for me, if I don't have any money and I want to start this business and I'm very passionate about starting this business, but I don't have the money to start it or I don't have the skill or I don't have the knowledge or I don't have the time, right? There's a bunch of different things there. Some people can just like go and start building it. But other people, it's like, okay, what are you going to have to solve first? You are either going to have to budget your money or try a different technique to increase your money so that you can do that. Or... If you don't have the time to actually start building the business, it's like, okay, what's next? Zoom out and think, what is the next step that I can take? Am I going to have to do something uncomfortable like get a better job for myself so that I do have more money, it's more flexible, I have more time? But if I can't get a better job, okay, what's the next step? I have to acquire some form of a skill. I have to self-educate. In many cases, you could take more college courses or just learn online in order to increase your value in the job marketplace and then from there it's like there is a path that you can take to achieve the thing that you want to achieve and by doing that like running through that mental equation of okay I want this but I can't do it yet because I have to do this but then I can't do that because I have to do this and running through that chain then you start to create like these actions that you have to take and can bring your focus to on a daily basis in order to finally reach what it is that
2: you want to do yeah I mean planning is everything but like your plans don't unfold one thing that i did want to ask you is that uh a, a lot changes in a year mm-hmm. i think uh lewis and i a year ago were i i just graduated lewis had a completely different job we were actually living here together so that's probably the only thing that is uh similar i'm curious a year ago if you could tell yourself a year ago one thing what would it be
1: I don't know, honestly, where, like, I've, I've, I've thought about those questions a lot where it's like, what, was advi- what, what advice would you give to your past self, which I think is good for, like, other people who are in that position. But for me, like, I always have this, like, voice in my mind where it's like, no, you wouldn't want to change anything, mm-hmm. because, like, that's what got you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, if I would have went back and changed something, then I could be in a completely different space right it yeah. could have psyched me out and i could be wherever and so
2: in the jungle somewhere
1: yeah so i think like my answer to that question perpetually would just be like do it like do what you were going to do anyways and i think like myself a year
2: ago would take that seriously. we'll say the same thing to the person I mean, to keep going. right yeah. yeah keep
0: going is almost always good advice Well. Yeah. Depending on what someone's doing and if they yeah. sometimes people yeah. should not keep going. Uh, <laughs> but you're in a good spot if if the advice to yourself of keep going is, is good advice. No, but going
2: back to what you were saying earlier about breaking things down, like that that in itself is a skill. Exactly. Super true. The process of like understanding and breaking down first of all what you want, but then how to get there. And like system. The system. Right. It's like the process of acquiring that skill is something that's like a meta skill right so how would you approach that uh acquiring that skill yes
1: first is intent where you you have to approach the skill with like wanting to learn it or you, you have to approach situations from wanting to learn the skill of what are we gonna call that skill just like I call it
0: project management because we were having this uh. conversation the other day. Kyle's mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like I could be getting done more week over week. And I'm like, it's a skill to like have a big idea and break it down into things. And then it's another yep. skill. Like you do have the discipline of like, I call this like the good student, right? The, the discipline of the good student, who someone who can make A's is someone who like is good at being given a large clear scope and seeing it through like a good executor. Mm. That is a difference. And you have discipline, you have focus, you have all of those things. You can just like jump through the hoops like the school system gives you hoops and you're really good at jumping through hoops it's a separate skill set completely when you're autonomous or whatever degree of autonomy you have to project plan to create 90 day plans it's like yeah i guarantee you, if like all your stuff was laid out in like seven clear daily steps the same way that homework was done with the same level of accountability and like what the same dynamics of a situation like that the same circumstance in terms of specifics as well you would sit down at your desk every day and crush it so the skill is like Sausage machine. It's like putting the ambition of the of the the goal into the thing and turning it down, and then just making charcuterie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, project planning. Right. Project
1: planning. I've always kind of been like the the way that I like to think about it personally is that I, I like having a very soft structure of like going into future things. Like like for a project, you have the end goal, which is like soft. It's kind of fuzzy in your mind. You never really know what it's going to be because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, From there, you have like the, the different milestones that you can start to move towards. It's like the universal framework that we went over earlier where it's like have a vision for your future, break it down into goals, have a priority problem that you're trying to solve on a daily basis through like focused action. That's really it for almost anything. And that is like, that's not only in your personal life, but that's in business as well. That's what you're doing on a landing page. That's what you're doing when you're writing a tweet. Really anything that's like the fundamental framework of human behavior is that you have a problem to solve, you have a goal opposing that, and then you have a soft path to get there. And that brings clarity to the mind that allows you to move forward in the world. Now, the thing that I like to recommend is to kind of just do whatever you want, like do the things like this could spark a whole discussion on like Buddhism and desire if we wanted it to, but in general it's I'm all about like doing the things that you want to do, but with a conscious mind, like being mindful of the lesson that reality spits out at you where if you want to, and the way I put this is like awareness is self-corrective. So if you, Feel like going out and partying and getting drunk or doing whatever then that's great like go ahead do it there's no right or wrong actions that's subjective but at the end of the day like you're that is going to result in some form of an outcome and if you aren't conscious of how that is preventing you from achieving your goals or lack thereof or you aren't conscious of your goals or you haven't actually created them for yourself then there's a problem right there that needs to be fixed right and so then if you do have a goal but you're going out and doing whatever was planned and it didn't impact it that much, it's like, okay, you made a better decision and now you can continue self-correcting as you go about whatever. Because eventually if you do this, you will realize that what you want is in direct alignment with your goals. Like you are going to start to see that you prefer to do the things that other people think are boring over like what they think is fun. Right, Because in my case, it's weird where my mom or whoever's visiting, usually my mom or dad because they'll say this to me where it's like, uh, hey, do you want to like go, do you want to go do something? This is a bad example. (laughs) And yes, I go and do stuff with my parents. But a lot of the time it's like they'll ask me if I want to, no, this is a bad way of putting it. They, They usually ask me like, oh, did you go and do something fun this weekend? right? Like, oh, did you go to Sedona? Did you go on a hike? Did you do anything? And and I think I'm like, no, I kind of just did what I do every day. Like I write, I go on walks, I cook food. And they're like, doesn't that get boring? And it's like, I I don't know, I'd rather do this, like thinking about it. I don't, I like going to Sedona. I like going on to a hike. That sounds fun. But right now, this is funner for me. This is what I want to be doing. And it's not really Work at this point, and so that's kind of the connection you start to make is that you enjoy, you you realize what it is that you want to do, and you make that more a part of your life consistently on a daily basis.
0: It's kind of like the um I absolutely butcher this name the big USC fighter Israel Adesanya. 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 I added. is
1: that float? I don't. Style bender. Yes. Is that his name?
0: Yeah. Okay. I believe so his uh the Joe Ro- the clip it. with him not the clip with him with Joe Rogan not from the Joe Rogan experience but from Joe Rogan holding the microphone in front of him on the podcast where he's like if you could you know my goal is for everyone to experience this level of happiness at least once in their life and it's basically his message is like most of you don't have a purpose most of you don't have a competitive aim i don't even think the word competitive is at all necessary in that sentence like most of you don't have an aim so most of you will never understand the level of satisfaction that comes from doing literally anything aligned with your aim and so for you, it's like you just have, again, whether it's just turning some subcomponent of like your whole kind of ambition and ecosystem as a, as a modern day philosopher, whatever it is, just the subproject of taking something as big, but as tightly scoped at the same time as writing a book, publishing a book, bringing it to market, getting it, the ideas in the minds of other people, like anything related to that, like the covers, showing myself and Kyle the covers and getting ideas for that. Like that is, even if you're not a graphic, oh, you are a graphics person, but like that's a that right there is just part of the goal. And one example for me, that's really top of mind as in a lot of this is again, the importance of having a path and having just any arbitrary pursuit because then you're on a pursuit and like that leads to learning things along the way. I always thought that business operations were like the most boring part of the business, Mm -hmm. right? Like SOPs, I like never imagined writing an SOP standard operating procedure, writing documentation. Like I never had any belief at all that that could be enjoyable or anything other than like complete misery. Mm -hmm. And now it is so clear to me that not having that is the only thing preventing us from getting to the next step. And now that that is the framing, Mm. I'm like, there's actually nothing more fun and nothing (laughs) in the entire world more interesting than making really good documentation and, like, we've had the crm that's been very disorganized for a long time and it didn't matter and i'm like oh like we have a guy on our team who i'm like asking to send follow-ups to people and he has no idea who these people are if there's any existing relationship with these people and now it is actually the most entertaining thing i could possibly do right now like kyle walked <laughs> in my room this morning and was like what are you doing i was like hunched over my computer and i'm literally just like tagging this person as like active proposal contacted and engaged and i'm just like that was a blast because yeah. it was connected so extremely clearly to mm-hmm. the outcomes that need to happen
2: it's all connecting for me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I,
1: think, oh, I have uh, so, so uh, the way that you put it, like with Style Bender. I hope that's his name. Like, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't watch UFC, but I know who it
0: is. I think his name's Israel.
2: We yeah. can call him Style Bender. That's all I
1: know him by.
2: Okay, link
0: that's in the show I've notes.
1: Before,
2: right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's another thing from Mihai. Chicks Mihai, right? With like where he's very big on setting goals, like self-generated goals that hold meaning to you that you can perceive life through. It's also like his model for getting into the flow state or like being at one with reality and having, uh, being in a state of optimal experience as he puts it or maximum enjoyment as I try to put it is like the skill challenge match Mm -hmm. where a goal presents a challenge or purpose that you can start to work towards, but there is a skill gap that, is preventing you from achieving that. And skills doesn't don't only come from, like, studying them. It comes from implementing trial and error, trying to actually reach those things. But then once you reach it, it's very fulfilling, and that is, like, peak happiness until you take on the mm-hmm. next challenge. But with each challenge comes, like, a new... He frames it as, like, complexity of self. That's what you're developing this whole time, is, like, the complexity of your character and the, level, the types of challenges that you get to choose to take on, right? Because... Um, style bender as an example or really any sports player are so advanced like you we don't understand the systems that are just firing in their mind without them even knowing it unconsciously that allows them to do all of these little nuanced movements that leads them to winning that challenge and the more complex that system becomes or the more they have like practiced the skill and it becomes art rather than skill then that is when it becomes more fulfilling for them because they've stuck something out for so long and done and have done what it takes to actually get to that next level that allows them to take on the high level challenges that reap the most fulfillment for them.
2: But I think it comes back to, uh, you know, the Photoshop, it's like without the goal of creating that image, you don't find the pain, and if you and if you don't have the goal, you like don't have the challenge. And if you don't have the challenge, then it's like nothing is meaningful. And right. so responsibility, it's a, right, Caring something, right. And and I think that has cleared a lot up for me.
0: <laughs> so, cause like great therapy session. Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied. It's <laughs> yeah, <is> good. Uh, <laughs> um, so the the book, The Life of Focus. I got the art of Focus. the art of oh, who wrote Life Come of Focus. Come on. That's Cal Newport and Scott Young's course, The Art of Focus. It's you know I've only had it in print. Uh, Wait, The Life of Focus or Art of Focus? His book is The Art of Focus.
2: Scott Young. I didn't
1: know that Cal Newport had something. I know he had deep. They have a in... course
2: called The Life of
0: Focus. Life oh, of Focus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Glad it's not Art of Focus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it Art of Focus. Be, <laughs> <yeah. it> is... <laughs> Playing with copyright <coffee> here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that's super funny. What is? your maybe this is like a really tactical question well actually this is a a completely separate train of thought that i actually think is substantially better the book purposely avoids tactics i think we've kind of discussed reasons for that in this interview in terms of like methodology how do you and i see you as like a principled person right like you're all about this is a framework that i think is really useful this is a framework that when i learned it and apply is really useful how do you Mm. actually integrate philosophy how do you integrate like frameworks and values into like again so you're saying like when you start to learn about fitness right then when you go to the restaurant it's kind of in your head right like okay eating this now i'm looking at this from the lens of macros how are you how do you start the
2: goal too yes it does yeah
0: how do you keep all of these principles like in in your mind like the person who reads your book is going to be exposed to like all of these new ideas like oh you know leverage and writing and content creation and the internet and the global economy like how do you actually keep these like new paradigms, these principles in your mind to keep you like, how do you keep it sustained?
1: Uh, I don't think it's possible to sustain like it all. Right. Because at any given moment, I know there's a statistic that I include in the book where like your, your conscious mind can only process 50 bits of information per second. Right. Which isn't that much. There's only so much that we can hold up there. Mm-hmm. You can hold more in your subconscious. Unconscious is kind of doing its own thing and like controlling more than we think. But the, it it comes So the subconscious is kind of, it's conditioned through conscious repetition. So by consistently exposing yourself to things related to like what it is, the philosophy or worldview that you want to adopt, which should be, in my eyes, very open-minded, almost infinite, right? The perspective that you want to have at any given moment should be expanded to that of the universe, everything and being able to, like, navigate life in that way. But the way that you do that is by collecting different perspectives and challenging those perspectives. And the way that I like to do that is by researching, researching the opinions and views that oppose my own. Mm-hmm. Where when I was, like, locked into the macro counting paradigm of fitness, I, like, realized that and that other people, like, can be healthy in other ways too. And so I intentionally tried to learn about, let's say, veganism or keto. And then if you try those things, even better, because then you actually get some form of a result or lesson that you can apply. But by doing that over and over across many different domains, so pretty much by just pursuing multiple goals in all domains of your life toward the vision for your future, that's kind of how you do it, because in order to reach certain levels toward that vision, that should be ever evolving. It's not static. It's going to require you to break through like the ideologies or worldviews that you hold in your mind that are limiting your perspective to only a certain amount of results that are available to that perspective.
0: I think that's a great place to, to kind of wrap things up. Dan, where are you most active? You know, your Instagram, Twitter, the book's going to be somewhere. There's a lot of Dan on the internet. Where's the best starting points? I probably
1: the hub is probably just the website, so theddanko.com. Uh the the danco on all socials, Art to focus will be out soon. I'm not sure where, but <laughs> it will be. Amazing. It will be made aware. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, this was a blast.